Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. Here we are for another week of the fifth and last in our podcast, and we've officially hit the halfway mark of the season. And game one of the Origin series is upon us. Boxhead, how are you doing? I've got a bit of the uh, bit of the man flu at the moment. Good times. So we're um, doing this via via phone to avoid me coughing, spluttering, blowing my nose, all those nasty things that happen. I'll uh, happily mute for that. So everyone will get a flu-free podcast. Well, at this point in time, I'd happily take some man flu to not have to go to work. No, this, it's not great. This flu, I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling super. Well, but, um, what do you do? Can't do much about it, but we've got a bit to talk about. Uh, obviously, we have the Origin lineups after we talked last week about some potential players and people that we would look at. There's a fair bit been going on in clubland and we've hit the halfway mark so we'll have a quick look at the uh, the teams and how they're tracking halfway through the season. So let's jump straight into our set of six brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anybody, make sure you do it with Bluebet. There is no one better. They support us and they support our charity account. This year, as we said, we have decided to go again with Bears of Hope, uh, a great cause helping with infancy and pregnancy loss, um, absolutely outstanding. So bluebet.com.au, download the app today or visit the website www.bluebet.com.au. Tackle one, we'll go through those origin teams for one and two. So New South Wales team was named. Um, I think some people were a little bit outraged by one or two changes. I don't think they were... So controversial, I was probably more surprised about a couple of moves within the side, but the main talking point for a lot of people has been Josh Adokar getting dropped and the reasoning behind it. I don't necessarily have a big issue with it. I think Daniel Tupo's always sort of been in that sort of form and around the Origin Arena. He's been in and out a couple of times. He's played for Australia, um, but I guess it could be a combination of things. His form since moving to the Bulldogs, the difference of in environment there was some talk there's some off-field stuff that no one's really been able to confirm um but you know i think daniel tupo well and truly being selected you know isn't a huge issue some call for the loyalty card um you know and a bit of hypocrisy in saying that he's out of form when they pick somebody like Tarek sims but you know i guess to an extent you pick and stick when you're winning but you also need to evolve a little bit so do you have a problem with the dropping of josh adokar no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. That's my short and sharp take on it. I um, 
yeah, he's got every right to to drop him. And I guess this is sort of a consequence of playing in a team where you're not looking as effective and, and as dominant as you are in a team that's up at the top of the competition. But yeah, he, he had to have known that this was potentially going to be an issue. You know, when he when he signed that contract with the dogs. So if they were going better, it would be clearly easier to pick him. But they're not, and he's he's not playing outstanding footage so he finds himself in this predicament I think Daniel Tupo has forced his way in Daniel Tupo has been excellent for a long period of time he's a taller body so I can I can see all the reasons that Freddie's articulated as to why he's gone with him I don't have a problem with it at all yeah the only thing for me and I'm not buying that side of they saying it's you know the tactical or the height thing they've had that advantage over us the last couple of years I know they've got two bigger wingers this time around but if you were doing that on the flip side and it was all about that side you wouldn't be picking Toto but Toto has slowly made his way back from injury. Well, no, I, I disagree with that. You just can't have two short wingers. But really, you just pick your best two wingers. Like, well, Toto's the best yardage winger in the game. So you, you'll take his lack of height because he gives you that. Well, so, I also yeah, think... I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think it's just... Maybe that was one of the reasons given as to why he didn't pick him, but... I don't then think that that's a reason why you shouldn't pick Toll. Right? No, I'm not, not, not saying don't pick Toll. Apples with apples, you're comparing apples with oranges. They, they give you different things. I'm not saying you don't pick Toll. My point is, if you're going to make that excuse for one, well, you've left the shorter, probably more exposed aerial player out of the two, if that's going well, to be... Well, no, that's, that's, you're arguing my point. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, clearly, Toll gives you a lot more in yardage than what Adokar does. Mm. That's why he's in the team, irrespective of his height. Mm. But... That's my positive for the two-post side as well in Purple Gale, where you've dropped at O'Carr and he finishes off a lot of good work. Well, we were dominant against probably a lesser opponent. We're going to be facing a much better opponent this year. Tupo's as good a finisher. He's better under the high ball, and I think he's better in yardage. So there's a lot of positives there. Is he a game-breaker in the sense that if he gets clear space, he'll run away like Josh Adokar? No, but Josh Adokar hasn't exactly got those type of opportunities in origin. They come about a lot less. Um, the centre pairing surprised me only because he confirmed yesterday that he was going to start with Jack. I thought if they were going to pick Crichton, which they did, that he would start in the centres with Stags. Um, so the fact they've gone with Jack, again, the reasoning given I can understand, but I also sit there now and go, well, Critic can cover fullback, centre wing, but realistically, if you're playing him off the bench, you don't use him unless you get an injury now. Again, we're talking about selections that are not finalised. So we'll, we'll know what makeup of the team is now before. I think we're starting to overanalyse it. I, I, I can't see Crichton starting at 14. That's just my opinion. I, I think it smokes and mirrors. Well, we'll find out with an hour before kickoff. So. Well, well, Billy Slater basically said he's not bullshitting today because someone asked him about the Hunt situation. He goes, "There's no games in it. He's starting playing." Yeah, but he can say what he, he can say what he wants. They can both say what they want. But what will be the truth is what is named an hour before kickoff. And there's a lot of ducks and drakes. Like I don't, I don't believe in it. But there's a lot of it that goes on in the game and Origin. You know, you got to build the theatre up. I get all that, but. Yeah, but his exact wording was, I'm not hiding anything here. He's starting. There's no games. I'll put it to bed right now. Ben Hunt is the nine. I'm playing from the other side. Well, what I'm saying is we'll see. Yeah, we'll well, see. 
Stags in, I don't think we're surprised. The halves are no surprise. Middles, Cook, like we said, I think he'll get this game. If they don't win, he'll be definitely under some pressure from Arpi Coruscant. Um, Murray got through the weekend. Outstanding. I have no problem with that after our discussion last week that he was under a cloud and off surgery. If he was iffy or not up to scratch, I wouldn't have gone that way. Um, he stuck with Tarek. I guess similar deal. He's got one game, I guess. If they don't win, I don't see him there game two. And the bench talked about Madison. A few people messaged me surprised about that, but that didn't surprise me at all. So um, him getting selected, Regan Campbell-Gillard back in the mix, Safiti injured and obviously out of the side. There were some other guys that were obviously out from last year. Trebojevic, some people were split on that one. I think we've been pretty adamant the last few years that we wouldn't have him in the team. I don't like him as a middle. We don't need him in the lock role with what we've got for Yo. I think it was the right time and this is the right decision. And Angus Crichton is somebody who could have been in the mix for a bench spot, um, also left out of the team. But overall, was there anything that stood out for you? Anything glaring? Anything that surprised you? No, not really. Not really. I think, yeah, both sides were pretty close to what we what we thought they would be. Oh, like I was surprised that he dropped Jake. I was surprised he actually followed through with it. Yeah, I'm surprised he did it more so. I'm happy he did it. I think it's the right call. Yeah, I just didn't think he would do it. No, me either. So, so that one really got kudos, me. Give Freddie kudos for that. Yep. Um, some people were up in arms about Sawali being in the extended squad, but I don't understand. Uh, he's in the extended squad. He's not going to play. Yeah. He's absolutely outstanding. He's really settled in, and it's a future move. Probably the only one in the extended squad that confused me was Jacob Saifidi. Like I think he's been playing okay football, and I know... Our middle stocks are probably a bit thinner than what they've been the last few years, but that one caught me a bit off guard. Um, but I guess experience, I don't expect him to be there for the whole series. Uh, on the Queensland side of things, pretty much like what we said, Tualungi didn't get selected. He went with Coates, but he's in his extended squad. Hamiso, who had been there previously, Flegler and Arrow in the extended squad. He's re- rewarded Carrigan, um, Nenai from the Cowboys, Cotter with his performances this year. Lindsay Collins is probably the only one that sort of surprised me. Not like he's been playing bad, but he's warmed in to the year. I thought they might look at Flegler over him just for leg speed, but um, he's stuck solid there. But in terms of their starting side, Tino, Papali, all those kind of players, the halves are no surprise. The back line, no surprise. Um, I think their one was a lot closer to the money of what I expect um, compared to one or two players for New South Wales, but it's definitely, I think, going to be the most competitive series we've seen in the past three or four years. We've well, it looks like that on paper. Whether it actually plays out like that, we'll see, but, yeah, it certainly looks that way on paper. Mm. Um, in terms of analysis and getting into depth, we do what we always do. We do a in-depth preview for anyone that, if you're new this year or you haven't listened to the show before, we will go through probably, I guess, Monday might be the best day for us to do it. After yeah, the round. I was thinking about it on the way home. Yeah, I think Monday. Yeah. So Monday we will do our podcast to quickly review the games from the weekend and then we'll do our in-depth perspective on both teams. So we'll look at everything like we always do to weaknesses, points of attack, focuses for both teams, X-factors, interchanges, you name it. We go head to toe real deep uh, on both squads and things that we'll see. But uh, yeah, considering what has come out, they were told they have to pick their 1-17s and their 18s. They've confirmed that players will be going back to club football. Um, so the two Newcastle boys obviously don't have to go back there on the bye. 
Sawali, if he passes protocol for concussion, will go back, as will Arpi. Uh, Nico can stay because he's on the buyer. And for the Cowboys, players Hamiso and Murray Tulagi were named today. Jaira and Thomas Flegler stay because they're on the buy. And Deirdre, the 18th man, was going to have to stay because um, he was named as so. So uh, don't really expect too much changes. Like the only player for Queensland that's sort of under a cloud is Harry Grant. Harry Grant missed Melbourne's last game with an adductor injury. I think that's something to keep an eye on if, if he did go out, if they moved Dearden in there for cover. And, you know, how they'd end up using him or if they'd go another way. That would be interesting to see what happens if, you know, potentially they pull in an arrow or a flegler and start a Carrigan for a lock roll to then have Cotter off the bench who can also play nine and cover if they want to give Hunter rest. So that's probably the only thing I can look at them change-wise. But for New South Wales, yeah, the, the white thing surprised me, but they, similar deal. Almost all that tried to confirm it. But we'll go a lot more in-depth come Monday when we do our preview of that game. But that's tackle one and two for Queensland and New South Wales teams. Tackle three, uh, the Tigers situation. It sort of escalated again after the weekend. Not the greatest of results after a really positive start. And then you've got Lee Hadjapantelis coming out today. And by the comments that have come out of his mouth and what's going on at the club, it seems like Madge is definitely not safe. Um, they're doing a bit of a mid-season review. Tim Sheens has now obviously had his feet under the desk for half a season and a bit of an off-season now. Uh, there's talk about what direction they go. There's a lot of fans that are angry, saying that you know they almost pulled the trigger in the off-season. Why would you do it now? Talk that Brett Kamali could be the interim for the rest of the year and then in terms of candidates moving forward, you know, Serrato and these sort of guys, all, all, all the, the similar names are linked to the job, but um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, we just go around in circles on this, don't we? Like, oh, he's lost a couple of games in a row, so, oh, he's under pressure. Like, what, what, what's the positive to moving him on now? Mm. What, they appoint an interim and sit on their hands for the rest of the year? Is that, like, what the plan is? I just, I just don't... I really don't understand sucking coaches mid-season unless you've got someone there ready to go who's better, who's proven to be better, who's willing to come in straight away and you think they're going to make the team better straight away. I, I think the speculation hurts the team. I, I really... I, I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand it at all. I think... Let him, let him see the year out. If he doesn't make the eight, then he's had four cracks at it, hasn't made the eight. Not, he'd probably happily walk away and look, shake hands and go, look, I thought I could take us to you know this place that hasn't worked out and they could mutually part ways. Uh, he's on, he's off contract at the end of the year anyway, isn't he? No, I think he's got another year to run. <clears throat> another year, okay. Well, you can sit down and, and maybe come to some sort of agreement at the end of the year to part ways. I, I, I don't see what it, would, what it achieves, A, the speculation, the, the, the fact that they've got a publicly state that they're doing a review into their football program. What, what does that even mean? It, it just means you're looking for reasons within your football department as to why you're not winning. Yeah, I'll, like you should be doing that every week. My you, opinion, don't do it, you don't have to do that publicly. My opinion is the same as yours in terms of the mid-season thing, unless the only reason, the absolute only reason, is if now that Tim Sheens has been there and he's looked at how everything's working and he has a really high opinion of Kamali and they seriously consider him an NRL coach and want to do that for the rest of the year before making a decision, well, that's fair enough. But if that's just... But is he going to coach the same next year? 
Well, that's my point. If that's not the goal or they don't see him as a potential NRL coach, I don't see the point of doing it now. You just do it at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, in, in my opinion, mate, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Mm. Yeah, like I said, we only said a couple of weeks ago about this is the first sort of stability he's had with Sheens and some of the signings and some of the positivity they've made. And I know the results still haven't exactly been the greatest, but this is the first time he's had some sort of genuine support. But... Um, turns out, again, that this could be the person that obviously sees him out the door, but yeah, unless they genuinely look at Noddy Kamali as a candidate um, and they wanted to put him in as an interim in the rest of the year or they went that way or the group was completely off him, which doesn't seem to be the case when you listen to guys like Jackson Hastings, who are really influential in that team, I don't see the point, much like yourself, and if this is the way they were going to go, they should have done it in the off-season. Sure. Yeah, I don't understand. Mm. But another point, moving on, tackle four. The Payne Haas situation, this one's just been really confusing. Um, it was about money, it wasn't about money, then it was about finals and putting clauses in, and now they've done a full circle and gone back to the start, and then the Brisbane's come out a few times, and then today have finished up by saying they won't talk until the end of the year. So this has been a hell of a mess, but I, I don't understand, even with the ex-manager situation and the court battle and the money, how, if you're on 750 going on to 850 by the end of another two years and looking at market value for a prop and how you affect results and sort of value of that position, I'd think that 850 to 900 would be absolute max, if not, you know, well above market grade for one of the best front rows, if not the best front row in the game. Yeah, another, another one, mate. I, I really, <clears throat> I don't understand it. Of course it's about money. Of course it's about money, so... In the end, he made, he made a contract, he signed a contract, he signed an agreement. The agreement's there for not only pain, but it's also there for the club. The yeah. club, in a way, signed a good deal, didn't they? And they and upgraded they, him, and they've done him a favour, and he's been in trouble a couple of times, and they've backed him up with the police situation, situation with his mum, what's happened during this season, and like I said, in good faith, they've come to the table already once and bumped his pay. But if, if like I said, if he's escalating up to about 850, I, I don't see how much more he thinks he would get on the open market. Like, no top four club or no finals club. If well, that... he, would probably, he would probably get more. Yeah, but, you know... Yeah, so the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. He signed a contract. Exactly. But if he, contract? If he wanted a million dollars, though, you're not going to get it from a top four club. So he's talking he wants to win a grand final and not waste his career. Well, there's a fine line there. If you want money, you could go to a bad club and get a million dollars probably and you're going to lose football games. But... I don't understand why now, like in terms of leverage and attention for the week coming up to Origin on, on the five-game winning streak to bring attention to it, sure. But in terms of the comment being, you know, success and finals, like there's a fine line between money and success. If you want ridiculous money, which is going to blow out a salary cap, you're going to have to go to a poor club. If you want to win premierships, which he's saying is his intention, well, you'd either stay where you are with what they're building or you'd be going... I'm not sure about that because why would he be trying to agitate to get out if another club hadn't offered him a million in order to go to another one of those successful clubs? This stinks, man. There's no doubt someone said to him, if you get out of your contract, you're going to get a million dollars here at a better club. And I'm not going to point fingers as to who that club is, but it's not hard to work it out. No, there's also another thing around this which has been an issue for a while which the NRL needs to do a better job of and it's unaccredited managers so technically he signed oh, that and third party agreements yeah well technically he signed with an agent but this agent I think has only got their name 
to the piece of paper for dealings with a certain somebody, which a lot of people know in the game because he is being mentored by Sonny Bill and Coda Nasser and there's a lot of dodgy stuff and a lot of similarities to what was sort of happening when he was in his situation at the Bulldogs. So um, in terms of how Brisbane have handled it, I think they've hit the nail on the head. You're not going anywhere. You've got a contract. We don't see you going anywhere and we won't be even ent- entertaining a release. So I think, you know, in terms of where they are, play on. I wouldn't wouldn't be entertaining and I wouldn't be talking about it. And if he doesn't want to play... I'd own his rights, I'd shelve him, I'd do whatever you have to do to prove the point for once that clubs need to, you know, in this sort of situation. I know it goes both ways, clubs and players, but considering the money he's got, the situation he's in, I I don't see, you know, where he's being hard done by here by the Broncos. I really don't. So good on the Broncos and I hope they stand their ground. And if it goes another way, they should do what Melbourne did with Josh Adokar, which... Wasn't anywhere near as forceful, agitated, but when he asked to leave, they said, well, we'll entertain it only if we can get someone similar or of equal value which suits us because we have a contract, which in the end didn't happen. He got to win another competition. He played out last year, then he moved on. So I think for Payne right now, it's a bit of tough titties, really. You signed the deal, onto the deal. Yep. Yep. So that's tackle four. Uh, tackle five, grades and thoughts mid-season and looking at the teams and, and where they are at this current point in time. The Penrith Panthers, I don't think this one's rocket science, sitting at first place at 11-1. and one. Um, They've been outstanding, I think, well and truly in a better position than I even expected, considering the off-season surgery, some injuries, no Nathan for the first few weeks, um, to have only lost one game. They missed Laota, they missed Toto, they've blooded... May got some more games under his belt. They got Tago some more games under his belt. Uh, this week we're going to see Kurt Falls debut and a couple more young guys push up and play um, for where they are at the midway point. You could not be in a better position to try and go back-to-back. So that's a well and truly above a pass grade. That's a fucking A-plus for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, 9-3. and three. I think similar deal. I know they've had a, a couple of rough weeks, but to start the year off missing a couple of key players um, to go on that blowout run they had for a few weeks there, tough little spot to lose Pappenhausen, to lose Hughes, uh, drop a couple of results. But then again, on the weekend, um, they've, they've blooded some guys. They've got their way through uh, the early part and 50-50 in this sort of part. But if you would have told them with the turnover they had again in their squad, losing a bit of depth, if they were going to be 9-3 and three, uh, before Origin, I think they'd be pretty happy. Yeah, so yeah 100%. I, I think... A lot of people, again, predict them to fly. They haven't. No, and again, I think health is paramount for them, in particular this year. So we've said it before. What happens with Welch? I don't know if he'll get back on the field. Missing Nelson the last few weeks, Pappenhausen, Hughes. If they can get all those guys after Origin to be healthy, they're going to be in the top four again. So they're... Again, well and truly above where we thought they'd be at this point. Number three is the Cowboys at eight and four. And this one, I had a lot higher hopes than most people did. I didn't have them in the finals, but they've well and truly exceeded anyone's expectations with some saying that they were going to get the wooden spoon, which they've gone the complete opposite direction of that. They've knocked off Parramatta. They knocked off Melbourne, even though a little bit weakened. Bit of a reality check on the weekend against the Panthers, but... Um, if, if you were to say that they were going to be in the top four, the growth of some of these kids, your Nanai's, your Lukey's, Cotter's development in his role, did and now playing next to Townsend, Holmes and Tamalolo coming back to form, 
Um, nobody saw this coming. So, again, well and truly a huge pass mark at this point of the season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, I also think even navigating this period, barring injuries, I, I, I definitely don't see them falling away. Whether they land in the top four or not is different, but I certainly think they'll be around that mix at the back end of the year. The Broncos at fourth, um, eight and four again. This one surprised me. I thought they would be more a sort of seven to 12 team, depending on how things panned out, but similar deal. Um, sort of been a liftoff kind of year for that core group of players that have gone through that suffering. Your Fleglers, your Carrigans, Haas has obviously always been there. Herbie, Stags, adding Catewell, adding Reynolds. They've run through some spine combinations, but they've now sort of found a pretty good balance. The dual situation with Walters and Pakes does enough at nine. Tamari Martin's contribution from the back and what he does to organise the attack and help with Reynolds, very underrated. And it seems now the blooding of man the last few weeks without Reynolds, I think that's the way forward. I know Gamble is a bit of a spark plug and he's probably really, really good for the group. But I reckon as of, you know, whenever Reynolds is back and you're back to normal, I'd have Mam next to Reynolds. He brings a bit of X factor that they've probably been lacking Do you think they've got, you know, more growth uh, in terms of this year or can they navigate this period? Like, Oates is back to form, Cobbo's form, their back five is great. If that half situation sort of brings a little bit more along with Martin, could you see them holding the top four or do you think they might stay in the eight but maybe finish somewhere more around fifth, sixth or seventh? Well, I think their origins are going to have an impact on the young players. And you've got Reynolds now out for a little period... I, I, I think they'll finish from 5th to 8th. Yeah, I definitely don't... That, again, another one I don't see falling out, but I don't know if I'm as confident about them being top four. But um, again, certainly well and truly above where we thought they'd be in a huge pass mark so far. Parramatta, 8 and 4. Um, pass mark for them. They've had a couple of results that surprised us. The biggest one, and we talk about this all the time, um, every year they seem to have had a result which has cost them top four. This year, it could be that Tigers game where they lost by one point, but they've beaten Melbourne in Melbourne. They've beaten Penrith at Penrith. It's just a matter of when the origin period's over and if they're healthy, can they get it done during finals time? Yeah. Um, but I don't think we need to say much more about them. The Roosters, slow start. I think it's a pass mark for where they're at. We knew that they were going to have a bit of a iffy start in terms, again, of injuries, off-season changes. Uh, you know, Kiri slowly getting his confidence back. Tedesco, the last month, has been absolutely outstanding. They've had some injuries that have been a bit underrated. They've had to tinker with their nine situation. Jared's warming up. Collins is warming up. They've tried Crichton and different guys in back row spots and middle spots. Um, I think the weekend we saw some of our best glimpse so far. We saw some good in the Parramatta game, and we saw probably 30, 40 minutes of decent against Penrith. So for them, I think similar deal. If they can navigate this period, um, they've only got two players involved. That might be the case for three, sorry, for the majority of the series. If they can get through this unscathed and keep building, uh, I'm not quite sure what to expect at the back end of the year, but if they can get to what I see as their best football, I think they might be a bit of a a late contender. Yeah, I... Yeah. yeah, a lot to be played out there. 
think there's some real positive signs the last few weeks again in Kiri in particular. Um, you have a couple of big injuries and it knocks your confidence and he's probably been the shakiest part of that spine. But as he starts to engage the line, run a bit more and find his confidence, it's making things better for Walker. It's easing the pressure on the nine situation. Teddy is running wild. Manu's involvement and now having Suwali on that edge with him, their yardage game between those two and Tupo. It just seems that they're slowly putting the bricks together. But yeah, if they can stay healthy and get through... I'd really be interested to see where they're at come, say, round 21, 22, heading into the finals and reassessing. Yeah. Uh, but again, pass mark for what they've done. The Sharks at 7-5, definitely a pass mark, but I think uh, a bit shakier the last four or five weeks compared to what we saw the first six weeks of the competition. Um, the result against Brisbane, the result against Canberra, the way they were dismantled on the left on the weekend, they, they showed some fight and pulled themselves back in. I think the biggest concern probably for them is we've seen some really good patches of football, but I think a few times now they've played better forward packs. They haven't been blown away, but I think without Ueli in particular, who adds a bit of leg speed and punch, they're not the biggest pack, they're not the most damaging pack. They've certainly got some good guys there in terms of mobility and some good edge players, but um, that, that's probably the only thing that sort of worries me at the back end of the year when it comes to finals football. Will they be able to get over the top of a Penrith a Melbourne, Paris pack, a Roosters pack. Oh. The, answer to, the answer to that is no. Yeah. And that's well, something, that right now. something that needs to be addressed because there's a lot, a lot of positives there. There's a lot of growth. I think, again, they're going to be in the eight. Um, but in terms of competing with those big guns when it comes to finals time right now, from the sample size we've got, I can't see it from Cronulla. Me either. South at six and six. Um I'd say it's a pass mark at the top. We're going going all the way down the ladder. Yeah. We're going to be into a midnight. No, we're not. We're halfway right now. (laughs) Would you say it's a pass mark at six and six, given the situation? No, I think it's a fail for South. I think they've been underwhelming. They should have... I don't think they've had a particularly difficult draw. I think they've performed below where they, they should have. I think given... Latrell missing a period and what's kind of been going on so far I'll give them a pass mark at 6 and 6 but yeah I'm not sure about their run home um, they basically need to do the same again 6 and 6 to get home but to have Murray going straight back in origin still going to miss Latrell for the next few weeks um, I'll be interested to see how they navigate this sort of period if, if they lose a couple here and have to win you know go on a bit of a run at the back end I think it's going to be hard um, but Still, sort of looking at that that cluster there. Yeah, bit undecided between those teams, but the Dragons at six and six under them, I'd say that's a pass mark for them. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence, more particularly in their forward pack, more particularly in Hook giving those kids a chance. He's still chopping and changing in terms of what he's doing between his spine uh, positions and some of those forwards. But Ben Hunt's been absolutely outstanding. Um, there's, there's been some highlight moments for some of those guys, some of those forwards I'm, I'm not the biggest fans of, but they've toiled. They've won some games I didn't expect them to win. So I, I'd say at the moment to be in the hunt for the eight is uh, a good result for the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, they've toiled away the Dragons. They've, they've reached their potential. Uh, I played certainly up to, the, up to or above the level that I thought they were capable of. Hmm. I don't quite know, again, where they head in terms of their 9-1 and one situation. He's gone Sloan to Mbai, now he's gone to Ramsey. He's dropped Sloan three times. He's dropped Amone a couple of times. He's had Bird there. He's had Sullivan in. He's dropped Sullivan. 
Um, and then you see, like, this week, Hunt gets named at nine for Origin. I know it's not the same game, but I still look at that and just think, you know, he's playing his best football at reps at nine. I know they probably need his kicking game, but at some point they have to bite the bullet and have Sullivan, Amone, Sloan, and I think Hunt at nine. I think that's the way forward for the Dragons, but whether he does that or not, I highly doubt it. Um, Raiders at five and seven, I think, is a fail just because you see what they've been able to produce the last few weeks and the effort they put in against Parramatta on the weekend. I know they lost Hodgson early, but they were also trying to sell him in the off-season, so they obviously weren't that phased about it. Fogarty hurt because they brought him in to help Jack. Um, but, you know, in terms of just their effort and their attitude overall with some of the players they still have on that side, I think they should have won a few more games. Um, they shouldn't be in this situation, and they're obviously going to have to make it up on the back end. So for now, I'd say it's a fail for Canberra. Five and seven, I'd say that's a fail. No, I don't know. They haven't had Trebovich for a lot of that, so that's about where I expect them to be without him. But I think this goes back to what we talk about every year. They've made this situation themselves with the way they structure their cap and their team. You're talking about how how they've gone considering their conditions for this year, based on this season, not not based on what the roster is and what decisions they've made from a recruitment perspective. So, considering the fact that they paid bugger all for them, they've, yeah, they're about where I expect them to be. Mm. Well, considering the fact he's now out, I'm not going to put the pen through him just yet, but looking at probably the first... Well, I, 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 even if they make the eight, they're not contending. No, looking at the first six or seven teams, I, I'm pretty confident they won't go anywhere. But between South Dragons, Raiders, Manly, I think right now Raiders, South Dragons... Barring injury themselves, are in better positions right now than Manly. So yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence for them. Uh, the Warriors at four and eight. Thoughts on them? Underwhelming. Yeah, but pass fail given injuries situation. Who knows with them? Who, who really knows what they're truly capable of? Their best footy is is top eight worthy. Their worst footy is wooden spoon material. Mm. Well, that, that's their issue. That, that's their issue. So, yeah, they're about where they are every year, aren't they? Yeah, and I think the Johnson situation hasn't really worked out. Um, you know, they've had chopping and changing and injuries every week. They've had different centre combos. Now they've got the Lodge situation where the owner has basically come out and saying he's a big part of that and he was happy to pay to let him go. Fanua Blake's foot injury, like, yeah, I, I don't see things getting much better. And this is, like I said a couple of weeks ago, was my worry that then I don't think they're going to get home in too good a condition to their home fans. Um, missing key players getting Harris back is a real timely boost and Walsh but yeah they're in a similar boat where I don't see them being able to get themselves into the eight even on the back end and what sometimes is an advantage during the origin period yeah it's not as much an advantage as it used to be so yeah I can't see them playing finals football yeah okay. Newcastle four and eight um, real positive start. I know they got hit hard in that period, but for them, I'd probably say neutral for me just because of, again, the injuries and suspensions. They got hit pretty hard. I know it was a real rough period and there were some really poor efforts, but um, to be four and eight, considering what they've gone through 
to see Milford now and some of the players they've brought back in. Clemmer's return to form, Frizzell back healthy. Braley, potentially, I think they're talking, could be back by around 15, 16. Can't see them making the finals, but I can definitely see them being more competitive on the back end considering what they've had to deal with. Yeah, it's been a fail. Well, the next one, I think we're both going to agree pretty straight up. The Titans season's been a fail. Yeah, um, besides Tino, there's been a real lack of consistency. I think they might admit now that the move to get rid of Fogarty was a mistake. Like, no, I don't think it's that. They've, they've blown like 20 point leads in two games. You give, you give them just those two games and they're up near the eight or, or near enough to the eight. So their defence is the issue. Plain yeah. and simple. They've scored enough points to, to be in the eight. Their defence is horrible. Yeah, it is. It sure is. Um, and Fafita got back on the weekend. He's injured again, so hasn't been a positive year for him in terms of health and staying on the field. Well, you, oh. can't, you can't help injuries. No, I think... But when he's been on the field, he hasn't, he hasn't played well enough. Fomor's been a good find. His development continues. Um, Campbell, we've seen, again, like we said the last couple of weeks, I can't believe they left him out for as long as they did. The nine situation still needs to be well, addressed. they left him out for two weeks. Yeah, the nine situation still needs to be addressed. <laughs> Well, how are you going to address it? Well, That's what I mean. For this year, we're talking about this year, aren't we? I'm talking moving forward. They've addressed the half situation by putting some faith in Kieran Foran, who's showed he could be healthy the last few years, and hopefully that continues for him heading up there next season. Um, But they should be turning over every rock, inquiring everywhere, looking at any option to see if they can improve their ninth situation. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, The Tigers, you'd have to say it's been a fail again. Lots of adversity, started the season with lots of injuries. They've had, again, lots of chopping and changing, constant pressure and turmoil. Um, but overall, when you get into a mid-season review and talking about sacking your coach and you're basically never out of the headlines, uh, it's going to have to be a fail. <laughs> yeah. And the Bulldogs, it's obviously a fail. Uh, like their coach resigned in, in, in a quotation marks, but I think he was fired for what they've recruited, for what they tried to do, for all the hype in the off-season. I didn't have them anywhere near the eight. I still had them in the bottom four, but expected some improvement and uh, for things to pan out the way they've gone right now and to lose your coach in such a short space of time, it's most certainly a fail. Yeah. Uh, and tackle six to finish us off. Power rankings, but in terms of not right now, but moving forward, I know it's hard to do, but if these teams all get through the origin period, all things take in consideration, probably as healthy as they could be, who you think is the best team right now. I, I still think number one for me on their day, it's Penrith. Yeah, no doubt. Number two, if Melbourne got back those players and got to the origin period, I, I still think Melbourne's number two. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys for me now, sort of where they are, the guys they're pushing the reps, that experience and where they're heading, I've got them as the third best team. Yeah, I've got um, Parramatta. Yeah, well, I've got Parramatta at four. Um, they've dropped a couple of those games, but I guess it's just that um, they've shown up for the big moments during the season. But can they do it during the finals? We'll we'll have to see. Number five, who you got? Uh, I've got Roosters at four. Number five, I've got Cowboys. Yeah, well, I've got the Roosters at five. Um, I think again, their best football is still ahead of them. There's improvement in their spine, in particular their halves, Swaley. Manu combination, some of those forwards coming back in. Collins is going to keep getting better. Jared's warmed up. Um, I think Egan will get in the mix. I think things are just going to get better. Number six, I've got the Broncos. 
Cronulla. Yeah, well, I've got Cronulla at seven mainly again. Um, just those couple of losses surprised me and just beating up on a forward pack. And that was probably the only thing that pushed me towards the Broncos with Flagger, Carrigan, Haas. I think they'd have an edge in the forwards. And number eight, which goes with that log jam we're sort of talking about, you've got Souths, Dragons, Raiders. Yeah, I've got Broncos at seven. Yeah, what about uh, no, number eight? Yeah, well, that being said, I had a bit of a look at what the draw is and if they're healthy. I think the Raiders, it's still there for them to make the eight, but they've obviously got some uh, ground to make up a little bit in terms of putting themselves in this situation. But um, what you said is true. I think for Souths, uh, the draw, what they've had, they've had a couple of losses they probably shouldn't have. Um, so they're going to have to probably win one or two that are a bit more difficult on the back end. So for eighth right now, I'm leaning towards Campbell with Fogarty back. White and Papali getting through and things getting a bit better for them. So there you go. We'll see how that pans out after the origin period. But that wraps up those power rankings in our set of six brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Tackle your rising power to head on this season with the help of Solar. The team at PSC are passionate about helping you sin-bin those rising bills. Find out how today. Visit the website www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800 20 29 30. Jake and the crew there. There is no one better. Quick run through the games from the weekend. Uh, Storm 28-8 over Manly. I think this is pretty simple for them. Hughes being back was huge. They were nowhere near as erratic. They had their brain back, and it was a very simple game plan. They completed at 90%. They got out of yardage. They kicked very well. They obviously targeted those wingers in particular with Coates, who had an absolute field day. Um, And the early shifts, they pulled them apart on the edges quite easily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Yeah, mainly just on demand and not a lot of depth. And Melbourne were pretty, pretty clinical on the back of two losses. So it was, yeah, just what I expected pretty much. I think, again... Huge credit to Hughes and proves how influential he is. It stabilised things for Munster, made things easier for Meany, Cheese. You know, they had no Harry, no Nelson, no Pappenhausen. Um, but, yeah, I thought Hughes' underrated contribution in particular, like I said, just getting around the field, kicking, everything seemed a lot more controlled. I don't think he's underrated at all. He's certainly getting uh, all the credit that he's, he deserves and um, he was... He was the reason why the score scoreline was probably as wide as it was. Mm, and I think it's a bit more proof again to the point of Munster had the flash play, scored the nice try, a couple of steals, but his last two games obviously nowhere near as effective without his partner in crime. Hughes is very important. Yeah, well, they all complement each other. So, uh, Meany was pretty good at the back as well. Thought Kenny and Tui were good and uh, for Manly, yeah, hard night, but Garrick tried hard in that one jersey. Um, a couple of guys tried hard but yeah it's, I think it's going to be a difficult sort of back end of the year for Manly but we'll see if they can get some of these kids playing a bit better maybe if they 
give Cooler a couple of games at the back if they want to see what that looks like moving forward with the situation with Tom. Uh, I'm not too sure, but yeah, interesting times coming for Manly. Panthers 22-0 over the Cowboys. I didn't see as much of this one as you did, so what were your thoughts on this game? Well, I didn't see a lot of it either, to be fair. Um, Cowboys just couldn't score. Put, put pretty simply, they struggled to play in the conditions. I think it was their first Sydney game all year. The conditions are wet, slippery, cold, and they, they, they didn't adjust. They had their chances. They defended phenomenally, I think, the Cowboys. They Penrith would have put 40-50 on a lot of other teams in the competition with the amount of good ball that they had, but the Cowboys defended historically, but they just, their attack was, was awful. Yeah, well, 60% completion rate, 40% possession, 16 errors, like you said. Probably a bit of a shock to the system, um, playing in a cold, miserable Sydney night, first trip out of Sydney, and yeah, I think the one upside, a bit like the Melbourne game, uh, probably the fact they didn't concede as much uh, as probably you'd expect with that sort of possession flow, error flow. I'm away from that game going, their defence is the real deal. Mm. So, but their attack is, yeah, needs improvement. Clean up the errors, probably adjust better to play in nighttime football in Sydney, add Tom Malolo and felt back in. Um, I think, again, not a bad reality check. And as a coach, probably a, a good thing for Todd Payton. Well, you're he, not going to get it all right straight away. So nah, and the like fact that he's got their defence right, he's good. And now he just needs to tweak their attack. And he should, Todd Payton should walk away from that game with a little bit of confidence. 100%. And you know yourself as a coach, I'm sure that's a loss you sort of look at and go, this is all right, this is a good learning moment off the back of some wins. And, you know, I, I doubt there's ego or swagger, but it's, it's not that bad every so often when you have that sort of game against the top weight um, that you can go back and show on some things in video and sort of give a bit of a readjustment. Yeah. So uh, for Penrith, it's the same old, same old, just relentless at home. Uh, they ran for 800 more metres, like you said. Uh, they probably could have scored some more points, but they saved a fair few themselves. Uh, White attack was sloppy from the Cowboys. They cleaned some up. Edwards, busy, really, really good as usual. The pack in general. You know, Fisher-Harris warmed into the year. He's starting to find that best form after a couple off-season surgeries. Laota being back. Um, Kikau's contributions in particular, like I said, some of the little things or the effort areas he hadn't seen in the last few years have been getting better and better. Um, and, you know, the situation there, like we said, 11-1. and one, Rested eight guys from their cup team over the weekend. They're preparing for this period. And I dare say this year, I think, you know, they only won one during last year. I, I reckon they got a realistic chance to beat the poor dogs this week with half their New South Wales Cup side. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Mm. I think the fact that you got the Bulldogs haven't lost anyone, have they? Mm. They didn't lose that car. They didn't lose Burton. So no, they're, they're all pretty in. much at full strength. Thompson, yeah, Vaughan. I think it'll be. I think it'll be tough. Yeah, I still think. Penrith. There's a big difference between New South Wales Cup and. and yeah, I get that, but you still got Edwards, May, Tago, Fish. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think it'll be a competitive game. Yeah. I don't really know who will win. The players out for Penrith will certainly bring them back to the field. Mm. And for the Cowboys, Cotter, 63 tackles, no misses. That's that's outstanding. Mm. But, um, yeah, interesting to see, again, how the Cowboys navigate this period. And if they can... more impressive against a good attacking team. 100%. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how they navigate this period and how they improve as the year continues to go on. But... 
Broncos Titans 35-24. Absolutely outstanding start, but to blow the 20-point lead. And I, I thought things were going to go backwards during the two Sinbin period when they had 11 on the field, but you somehow managed to score in that period and come out even, which is insane. But um, the second half just absolutely fell to pieces. The, the short kickoff decision was probably the most mind-boggling thing with a three-score lead, which instantly cut it to a two-score lead. Um, as you've talked about before, no resilience in defence, paper thin, and um, it just absolutely turned on its head. Yeah, what do you say? It was amateur hour. Mm. It was amateur hour. They're, why they managed that second half was, yeah, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Mm. So they, they showed that they're well coached and they had a plan in the first half and they executed it. And the second half they went away from it and decided that their plan was better and their plan resulted in coughing up a huge lead and embarrassing themselves for the second time this year, coughing up, coughing up a... 20 plus point lead. I think they're the first side in NRL history to ever give up two 20 point leads in a season. So there you go. And it was a critical game, like we said, to get back to four and eight before they. No, I, 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 yeah, I, dis- I disagree with that. I just think they're, they're nowhere near playing top eight footy. No, like last year, they got in with what, 10, and, 10 wins and a draw? They got into the finals. Like, that's going to get you nowhere near the finals this year. So that last year. I think the COVID and, and the bubble and all that had a had an effect on the level of footy and the, the finals appearance flattered them. They actually played quite well when they got into the finals, but yeah, it's, again, they, they lost that final conceding 30-odd points and they just haven't addressed it. They And it's it, this is before Holbrook, this is before, you know, it, it's, a, it's a club culture issue. They've just got no don't place any value or at least it doesn't seem like they place any value on defence yeah you want, to get you want to get better at it you need to, you need to work at it just look it looks like they don't do a lot of work on, on the defensive side of the footy yeah well, again it's if you want to be a top four team you want to be a top eight team that's got to be your priority use your defence your attack's one thing but you look at someone like the Cowboys couldn't beat the, the Bulldogs round one, but they've built their game off their defence and they're getting yeah, a lot... hear about what they've done all pre-season. It's just tackle. That's all they've done. And they're getting tries off the back of their defence and their effort in those areas now because they're relentless. Yeah. Penrith at times in games, considering who they've got, don't score the prettiest of tries, but they just grind into the dirt with their defence. They strangle you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess for Brisbane, you know, another big confidence boost... No, Reynolds. Um, Mam had some really good moments again. Their centres, Herbie, Staggs, Field Day, Cobbo had another breakout night. They're back five in general this year. The meter's been outstanding. And, uh, you know, Haas looked a bit rattled with the booing, but Carrigan and Flegler and those guys, again, obviously did a job. So uh, felt feel bad for a guy like Tino. He had 270 metres and 200-plus in the first half. And, like, Jaden Campbell, he had a couple of moments where he was outstanding. But, yeah. Just no defensive resilience at all. No. Uh, Knights, Warriors, this was just, yeah, it was a pretty ordinary game, to be honest, but the Warriors, it's a bit of the same old, same old. Um, they score a couple of easy tries early, pip them off the edges, are, are doing some positive things, and it seems like they don't go back to what works. They just fall apart. They shoot themselves in the foot. Newcastle grew uh, into this one. Thought Milford, again, second game back, looked pretty good. He's, he's been a real positive for them, and I think he's only going to get better. 
those forwards coming back in. Ponga had a couple of nice moments with Tuala, um, the scrum try and some of his contributions. But yeah, I think, again, having Frizzell back, Clamour, Barnett, etc. that sort of base. Now with Milford there to help out Clifford, hopefully get Braley back sort of in the middle there. Um, there's some positives, but yeah, for the Warriors, losing both their gun front rows, the constant chopping and changing, the form of SJ, that, that sort of hasn't worked out. Um, watching Tohu and only his second game back and the contribution effort he made. Uh, he's another one I look at, like Roger Tuivasa-Shek, and I'd just love to see him come back to Melbourne or go play for another club, to be honest. And I hate to say that for Warriors fans, but I look at players like him or Roger in that period there, and I'm like, just, yeah, I hope they get it right. I really do, but it, it's hard to see it. It really is. Yeah, it is hard to see it. 100%. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that one, South Tigers 44-18. Uh, for where they started this game to where they got to, um, the intercept, the tap back off a kick, down 12 zip, and things were looking a little bit rusty as they were, but um, some changes paid dividends. Nick Aruma to one. Nichols came back into the side. They obviously got Murray back. Um, you know, things just started to click. It looked more like last year. I know the left edge isn't quite the same, but they've been real right heavy. Um, they got back to their left side shifts, Murray linking in with Cody, Nicarima, getting involved with Walker. Some of those shifts with Campbell Graham and Johnston, who ends up with a hat-trick. Uh, they just shredded that right side of the Tigers. They really picked on Tulla and Asu Kapala. Um, Hastings, obviously, that edge as well. Like, they just gave them absolute nightmares. And the way they rolled to the middle, way too easy. Like Harvili, Nichols' return, like Burgess, I think, was close to 200 metres. They really just chewed them up through the middle. It got Cook rolling. It freed up the edges and... Alex Johnston was the biggest benefactor and is now the all-time leading try scorer for South Sydney. Yeah, it's an unbelievable record and result for Alex Johnston. Like, to have that record with such a you know, foundation club, fantastic history of success, it's uh, yeah, outstanding individual achievement. And yeah, this was a, this was a strange game. A strange game. The Tigers looked. Really, really competitive, and then they just fell into a heap, didn't they? And they just ended up getting slapped. Yeah, like I said, um, 12-0 up, and then 18-18. I thought this was going to be one of those close games. They're in it, you know, up to their eyeballs. But the second half, just the floodgates just absolutely opened. And once South started scoring points and rolling, it just never stopped. And even the intercept in the game it was almost identical to the one in the first half with the Tigers got, but... That was really just, you know, the cherry on top of the cake, the deflection for Cody Walker, the crash over from dummy half and Campbell Graham, like those sort of moments in the back end, it kind of felt like they just quit. Yeah, it did. So um, I, I thought Laurie was really good for them. Offhand, Gary, like I said, had a pretty good year, but yeah, for South, there was plenty of good contrib- contributions. I know a lot of people this week um, – were up in arms again in, about Campbell Graham not making the squad forage and giving his form this year or not being considered. Cody had one of his better games. Tom Murray's return. Havili's been a real positive. I think Kaloa every week does a really good job. But overall, uh, I think they'd be really happy at the moment to get back to 6-6, six and six, to get Nicarima over with what seems a positive move, to get Nichols back, to get Murray back. They're hoping Latrell will be back sooner rather than later. Um, and I'm sure they're hoping that Murray gets through unscathed during the origin period. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's, uh, it's been a real up and down start so far to Demetrio's tenure, but 
I have no doubt if they obviously can get Latrell back and get a bit more continuity, um, they'll be in a real good place. So we'll see where they go from here. But the Tigers, we spoke about it earlier. God knows what happens there, but um, interesting times again. Never a dull moment if you're a Tigers fan. But Rooster Sharks, 36-16. I think this, uh, in terms of the period of play for the Roosters, that 50, 55 minutes or so, was the best they've attacked and defended all year, in my opinion. Um, their left side attack, again, Kiri, the way he engaged, got dug in the line, his confidence there, um, you know, their yardage, the way their, their forwards were going, like Jared's form as of recent, their second phase, that just broke them down. You know, to have Tupo rolling, like Suwali's yardage on the, on the back of the threat of Manu and Tedesco, the offload that led to one of those line breaks, which then they jumped down a short side. You know, I'm just seeing those guys when they're in sequence, like Tedesco, Takiri, um, to walk like there. As that builds, like I said before, now having Suwali, another X Factor, to mix in with Manu, um, I just see a lot of positives. You, you certainly would have been filthy if you Trent Robinson with that period they had where they leaked some points and it got back to 24-16 at one stage until I think it was Tupac made a really good play and then it was an error um, from a pass from Nico Hines that Manu swooped on and they ended up closing it out. But um, for that 50 or so minutes, I was looking going, this is sort of the vision I had of the Roosters if they got to their best and why if the squad got to where you think it could get to with the struggles they had, the depth they've built, getting those guys back healthy and reaching what could potentially be their best made me think they could be top four and a premiership threat. Mm. But can we see that, you know, injury-free? Well, yeah, we're going to have to see that done more consistently, which we haven't seen so far this year. Mm. But it's closer, I guess, to what he was saying about building in blocks of, you know, months and getting better and better. And if they can navigate this period and stay healthy... Like I said, I'll be very interested to see where they are come round 21, 22, 23, heading to the finals. Um, yeah. But for the Sharks, it was another one of those nights that we talked about. I think their, their middle got beaten up. Um, too much second phase. They got broken down. They sort of struggled again with their attack. They pushed sideways before they went forward. They finally had a little bit of success when they started to play through the middle and turn guys back under. And Muli Tala, I thought, was really, really big for them. Um, he's, he's been outstanding this year. Sifar had a better game after being a little bit quieter and um, McInnes filling in that role and slowly building up from his injury was good but yeah it was too little too late they had that sort of surge but then the Roosters shut it down off the back of that error yeah so this is a real important time for them because Origin who's been selected for them Nico's 18th man but they're on the bye so realistically they've, they've got no one Dale's obviously injured enough the back of a concussion. I don't think they'll bring him in late. Um, you know, Wade's past that point. Sifala was in the mix for maybe a bench roll, but they've obviously got plenty of guys there. So for Cronulla, I don't know what the draw's like exactly, but if they have no contributors to the origin period here where there's four, three or four affected sort of game weeks with backups or players missing, this is time for them to get to bank some extra wins. And I don't know if it'll be enough to get them to the top four, but this is the time if they have top four aspirations to get those wins. Yeah, I agree. But they that's can, the origin period. Yeah, and that's it. It's a bit of false economy at times, but yeah, for them, um, it, it could be real valuable. So we'll have to see how that pans out for them. Dragons, dogs. Uh, I just feel the same about the dogs every single week. It's moments where they just shoot themselves in the foot. They have a poor start again. Discipline and errors, and 
the shackles sort of come off the last two weeks. I think the attacks definitely got better, but the defence is still the same, and it's just showed in some of those moments and those lapses, like the Ben Hunt try where he just slides through and they're disconnected on their own line. It's terrible. Blake Laurie, literally almost untouched, gets a one-on-one with Docker Clay, crashes over the line. Andrew McCulloch, who's not exactly the, the niftiest dummy half, crashing in from dummy half, like those ones in particular, all right on the goal line. Crash play, dummy half play, and a half just cutting through a set line. Like That, that stuff's just unforgivable. Um, and that's the difference at the end. Every time they seem to get themselves back in, they just shot themselves in the foot. Uh, but I guess, yeah, you got to take any positive you can at this point in time, and they were barely scoring 10 points. So I think the middle service has definitely been, you know, taken out of the equation. They're, they're playing a bit more freely. I think they're trying to push their offloads. They're shifting the football. Um, I'm not exactly keen on Burton putting in as many kicks in as he has been on play one, two, and three, but uh, I think the shackles are certainly off, and we're seeing... Some good contributions there. I think Fitala Mariner's return certainly helped out with their forward pack. Um, and, yeah, I guess some positives there. I, I think that I've seen a lot of fans saying product should change this or do this and that. Like, I don't really know, again, if people would have their head around it, but I, I highly doubt, even though he's the interim, he's picking the team. I'm sure Gus and others that are there are obviously probably having more control over that. And if he had... The chance to he might make some more wholesale changes, but you have to understand the situation. Yeah. So. Um, he's got his feet under the desk. Yeah. So, you know, he had two days to prepare for the first game, and you know, this is really his first first full week preparing for the team. So yeah, you're not going to see uh, results straight away in terms of what he's trying to change, even though you probably have seen a change in the way they're trying to play. But, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit of time. So. Yeah, but I also don't think, you know, when you bring an interim in, if you're the club or you're someone like Gus who has all that clout in that situation, that you're going to let someone well, we come don't, We don't know that. That's just speculation. So. I get that. My point is I highly doubt he'd let him come in if he said, I want to drop six or seven blokes and go, yeah, go for it. I think, you know, it'd be a bit of a situation where you're working um, you know, towards the back end of the year or what side you want to pick or what plays you want to pick you wouldn't just come in and be able to cut everything up yeah I don't know yeah uh, but for the Dragons Ben Hunt again outstanding Lomax some good contributions and Blake Laurie obviously the happiest man uh, on the field on the day scoring his first NRL try after 91 games so I think uh, Twile's been the one that everyone's talking about. He's now over 100 games still without a meat pie, the poor bastard. Hopefully he can get himself one by the end of the season. But Blake Laurie looked like the happiest man in the world. Yeah, roughly so. Mm. Uh, moving on from that one, Eels-Canberra. I thought this was a really, really good game of football. It was a back and forth. The clash of the packs is what I was looking forward to, and it certainly didn't disappoint. Uh, Papine and Tapali. Uh, sorry, Papali and Tapine. Tarpany were absolutely outstanding. I thought Paulo, Madison again, uh, but Dylan Brown was the real difference in this game. His running game um, is just outstanding. And when he plays straight and those forwards go forward, that, that's the best version of Parramatta by far. Um, but yeah, real critical moment. I think it was Horsberg who kicked when they had a six again and 
off the back of that set, Sean Lane makes a break and Brown gets a score his second and wrap the game up. But that's one of those games again where I look at Canberra again and go, where's this been? Like, where have you been? Just that attitude, that effort. Um, what they can do on the back end of the year, I, I don't know. But if that sort of effort remains in games and their yardage with Kotrick, Rapana, like it was all the sort of stuff that you'd come to expect, they'll certainly be pushing for the bottom of the eight. through their form earlier in the year, do you? Because Origins obviously going to have an impact and then they draw late. So, it's yeah, there's certainly a pathway there, but they put themselves in a difficult situation. And, yeah, they, they, they acquitted themselves really well on the weekend. They, they took Parramatta right down to the wire. Yeah, and positive to get Fogarty back. Um, again, obviously not your best game off the back of an injury, but he'll get better. Not bad timing with Whiten being selected I thought he was going to be more that bench role and play less minutes but if he plays centre and ends up going through the series as a full time centre backing up or playing his way through they're going to need Fogarty you know playing some football whether that be with Frawley or Schneider um, Papali'i with Tarpany's fall on the weekend he was huge 230 plus metres and plenty of offloads they're going to need him and Hudson and Horsberg and all those guys to step up and cover Ryan Sutton who's sort of been on the outer because we know he's moving to the Bulldogs, but again, um, real critical period for them to go five and seven and now be showing these sort of signs. If they can navigate this period, you'd think minimum they need to go seven and five on the run home. Yeah, definitely need to flip that record. Yeah, and for Parramatta, one of those ones again that if they would have dropped it, you'd say that hurts much like the Cowboys game um, and even more so the Tigers game for top four, but they've at least got themselves even with the Broncos and the Cowboys and three teams that are contributing a lot of players, um, three or four players each. It'll be interesting to see how they all navigate the origin period. So, moving on from that, we get... Well, I thought you know they're navigating it. They're dropping back a, um, a few players in the New South Wales Cup this weekend because we, um, we run into them. So, the side they've named, they drop back three NRL middles. So. Got Makatara and a couple of guys that haven't been getting minutes, I'm assuming. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Well, yeah, it's interesting considering that you got two two front rolls up playing Origin. Yeah, well, you, you could preserve them, but I guess if you guys that are not getting great minutes, they probably need the run to be able to deal with this period. But yeah, if you get another injury, it could be interesting. That's for sure. Well, that's yeah, that's the gamble you got to you got to take, isn't it? But yeah, like I said, with Makatara and I think even Nathan Brown hasn't been getting as many minutes. They probably sitting there going, well, if we're going to navigate this four to six weeks, um, yeah, I guess this is something they're going to have to consider. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, we go to our tips and previews for the shortened round and Origin will do later on and go in depth as we will on Monday once we do our review and then our in-depth preview of game one, but obviously our tips uh, and predictions are brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with any bookie, make sure you do it with bluebet.com.au. They support our charity account, and again this week on all NRL games, back a team head-to-head, and if they lead by six points or more at halftime, Bluebet will pay you out as a winner, up to $100, lead it by six at halftime, you win. T's and C's apply, gamble responsibly. And uh, download that app today on the Apple Play Store or the Google Store. But last week, uh, I got seven. 
you got six. A couple of those upsets obviously came off. The only one I got wrong was the Tigers game, which after the start, I thought, you know what, this could be happening again, but I did not expect them to get drubbed by 40. So, lineups announced today. Um, Certainly interesting to try and navigate these, but we will do so. And the first game is the Thursday night between the Cowboys and the Titans. So for the Titans, big key loss in their leader in Tino. Um, and Dave Fafita aggravated his knee again, so he'll be missing for at least two to three weeks. Fotuaka returns from an ankle injury at prop. Isaac Liu goes to lock to fill in. Paddy Herbert returns in the centres from injury. Isai Masters is on the bench. Toby Sexton and Jermaine Azarko are both under injury clouds but have been named to play for now. And for the Cowboys, Tamalolo looks like he's going to return after one week. Um, obviously, Val Holmes, Cotter and Dearden will be missing, along with Nanai. But Murray Tuolagi and Hamiso return to the team as they are outside the 18. So Hamiso pushes into the centres to cover for Holmes. Brendan Elliott plays his first game for the Cowboys on the wing. Ben Hempton is filling in at 5'8 for Tom Dearden. Cohen Hess goes from lock to prop. Helium Lukey starts in the back row. And Conley Lamilu joins the bench. Um, even with those changes, I'm going to tip the Cowboys. I think t- Tino alone is a huge blow, but um, you know, Tab- yeah, nice, Origin just yeah, good luck. Yeah, I just think with Chad and a couple of those guys there, there's still enough quality, so I'll stick with the the more consistent quality and quantity at this point in time. And with BlueBet.com.au, they agree a dollar fifty-two about the Cowboys, two fifty-two. For the Titans, minus five and a half the line. One to twelve Cowboys, three oh five, three sixty for the Titans, thirteen plus two seventy for the Cowboys, seven twenty for the Titans. Panthers dogs, obviously, like we talked about, a swag of changes for the Panthers. Uh, Robert Jennings comes in to the centres to replace Stephen Crichton. Charlie Staines on the wing for Brian Toto. Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls in the halves replacing Luai and Cleary. Kurt Falls, uh, someone that we've had a bit to do with coming through. Really good kid and a great opportunity for him to play first grade. Coruscant released to play. So they've got Laota, him, Fish and Kickout still in their forward pack, which is great for them. Chris Smith replaces Liam Martin in the back row and Matt Eisenhuth gets a start for Yoey at lock. And the bench is Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu and Jamin Salmon for the Bulldogs uh, this week. Pangai Jr., still not named after pulling out last week with back spasms Fatalamara has been promoted to the starting side Waddell back to the bench Siamana Fanai has been recalled pushing Joe Stimson out of the side so what do you reckon Brock do you think Panthers can win with the team they've named yeah I'll pick Penrith but who knows well I'm picking Penrith as well it's at blue bet so that's a bit of a boost to these guys um, I really hurt Hope that Kurt plays well. Uh, I think he's certainly first grade quality. And with Laota, Coruscant, Fish, Kikau, you know, Edward's still there. A couple of those guys. Um, I was sort of surprised they went with Smith to start. I would have went with Salmon. I was actually looking at who's off contract, and a lot of these guys are because they signed one year deals. Salmon's still young and a pretty talented guy. He's someone I'd want to get a good look at. Um, so I don't know how many minutes he'll get, but yeah, for the Bulldogs. You get a, t- a team like this, top of the, the 
the ladder at this point in time missing so many players, you're never going to get a better opportunity. Exactly. So we'll see what happens, but still hard to have a lot of faith. And bluebet.com.au agree. The Penrith Panthers at Bluebet Stadium are $1.30 favourites. The Bulldogs, $3.50 minus 9.5 is the line. 1 to 12, 305 for the Panthers. For the Dogs, 1 to 12 is 420. 13 plus for the Panthers is 220. It's $10 for the Bulldogs. Mainly up against the Warriors. And, uh, this $10 one. for the Bulldogs. 13 plus. Yeah. Wow. Mm. DCE obviously missing. Um, and we know Tommy's been missing, but it's offset by a couple of returns, which. Very well timed because they're going to need them. Martin Tapao returns from a quad injury. Jason Saab returns from an injury. And Carl Lawton is back from suspension. Saab will go back on the wing. George Defour is out of the side. Carl Lawton and Tapao go onto the bench. And Kieran Foran goes to halfback. Josh Schuster moves to 5'8 with DC missing. Dylan Walker has been named despite that knee injury. And it seems like a few times this year he's had some issues. So he's clearly pushing through there. Um, and Jake Trebojevic, after not being selected, is the captain this week for Manly. And with the Warriors, Wade Egan returns, as does Bailey Siernan. They've both been named in the side. Egan moves back to hooker. Freddie Lussick goes to 18th man. Siernan goes onto the bench. Dunamis Louis drops out. And Rocco Berry comes in the centres with Villa Army Vallea and Jack Murchie um, suffering head knocks and being monitored. But... This one I look at again. It's it's at Manly. It's a real throw at the stumps. You don't know what you're going to get from either side, but I'll stick with Manly. Just they really seem to have the wood on them. I know they're missing DC, they're missing Tom, but the Warriors. You just you've got no idea what you're going to get. So. I'll go the Warriors. The Warriors. I'd like to see them get a win, but yeah, I just don't have a lot of faith at this point in time. But Bluebet.com.au, $1.52 are Manly at home. The Warriors, $2.52, minus 5.5 the line. 1 to 12 Manly, 305. 1 to 12 the Warriors, 360. 13 plus Manly, 270. 13 plus for the Warriors, 720. And the last game of the short round, probably the pick of the lot for me, is the Raiders up against the Roosters. Xavier Savage again named fullback. Sebastian Chris now locked into that center spot with Croker missing. Matt Frawley comes in to replace Jack White and pairing up with Jamal Fogarty. Corey Horsberg fills into the front row with Papali out there. Um, forward pack pretty much intact. Harawira Naira returns onto the bench along with Ryan Sutton. And a debut finally for Trey Mooney, the gun Aussie straight Australian schoolboy and New South Wales junior up who they picked up from Parramatta. He's been toiling away for a couple of years. He's still only 20 years old. Looking forward to seeing him make his debut. And for the Roosters, Joey Manu, no surprise, shifts to fullback where he's been outstanding the last few years with Tedesco missing. Kevin Aguama comes into the centres. Billy Smith comes into the wing for Daniel Tupo. Sia Tokiaho moves to prop for Lindsay Collins. Satili comes back into the starting back row and Egan Butcher is the new face on the bench. Joseph Sawali is named uh, among... The, on the wing, but he has to pass concussion protocol. So if that's not the case, looking at what they've got in their extended squad, uh, you possibly see a late change there with maybe an Adam Kieran or a, a bit of a reshuffle there pushing Momorowski to the wing or somebody else and him playing the centres. But I think this is a really good game, but 
um, to have the luxury of Manu, you know, the veterans they've got, still that forward pack, being able to keep Crichton, Rolf, Tillian, etc. I'm, I'm going to go with the Roosters. Yeah, me too, I think. Yeah. Well, the odds for that one, their favourite with bluebet.com.au, $1.64, dollars for the Raiders, minus three and a half the line, one to twelve Canberra three forty five three dollars for the Roosters thirteen plus Canberra six dollars three ten for the Roosters. Uh, the short round, the only game we've got different is the Warriors and Manly. Um, and having a quick look at the odds for State of Origin, we'll obviously, like I said, go in depth come Monday when we review the round and do our preview. But at the moment, the bookies have the Blues at a dollar sixty. Queensland 235, minus 3.5 the line, 1 to 12 New South Wales 285, Queensland 360, 13 plus 325 New South Wales 570 um, for Queensland. What do you think of the market, Brock? Who do you, who do you like game one? Do you think the Blues in Sydney? Yeah, I like the Blues in the line. Try scorers? I think it's 3.5. No surprise. And you think after not having a game all last year, they were all up in Queensland, that fans should be absolutely baying for blood and absolutely wild, you'd hope. Yeah, and the year before that was a November origin. So we haven't had like a winter traditional origin for, you know, it'll be three years, so... Mm. Some try scoring. The last, the last winter origin we went to was when Teddy scored, I think. Oof, what, a night, what a night that was. Mm. That was a great night. First try scorers, no surprise. Your favourites are all the wingers. Toto at $9, Tupo $10, Cobbo $10, and uh, Coates at 11 Man of the match. Yeah, so it won't be played like an like a NRL game. Now. Like I know wingers traditionally you know, score a lot of those early tries in, in NRL games that originally played differently. So you just you just don't know what style of game it's gonna be played that's gonna be played. So yeah, try scorer, first try scorer especially is very difficult. Mm. Mayor in the match, like you said, it's generally always those those big names and no surprise Cleary, short favourite with bluebet.com.au he's five dollars. Tedesco's eight, Yoey is eight, Munster is the favourite of the Queenslanders at eight dollars, Cherry Evans just behind um, at $10. And then if you were looking at their nine situation, Benny Hunt, not knowing the minutes split between him and Harry Grant, he's all the way back at $21. He's been, you know, the pick for them the last two out of three series for man of the series for Queensland. And he's won a couple of man of the matches. So um, I don't know how his minutes work out, but that's pretty good value. Yeah. So really interested, like I said. One of the, I'd probably be leaning towards one of the halves of the back rolls for the first try. Yeah, Cleary, ball runner. Blue-eyed ball runner, DCE ball runner, Munster ball runner. Well, they've all got that in them. Hookers, a ball, like good ball runners. Mm. Yeah, well, Munster's the first one. It's going to be a pretty, it'll be a pretty direct start, I would think. Cleary's Got a lot of movement from edge to edge, particularly in the weather. Mm. Cleary's twenty-one dollars with bluebet.com.au. Munster's twenty-six, Blue-eyed's twenty-six, and Cherry Evans is thirty-four. So, looking at that, the other thing that interests me, and again, something we'll talk about, but how the edges are made up, because I think Toto played left 
last year. Tupo generally plays left at club. Um, club now is playing right. Tupo left, so will they go that way and have White and Tupo? Yeah, 100%. 100%, that's how you can play. Yeah, so White and Tupo on the left with Sims and Luai. And then on the right, that would mean you have Murray, Cleary, Staggs and Tupo. Um, you know, there's a lot of things there. Um, the other side, it's same deal for Queensland. Coates and Cobo both play right wing for club and the fact they didn't go with Tuolagi with Holmes on the left. Um, I'd assume they'd probably leave Cobo on the right-hand side and move Coates to the left. Um, you know, that'll be something. And then just how the benches work. Like, I think it's pretty obvious for us that you've got your, your middles which are pretty straightforward. Campbell Gillard's a middle. Madison, they're obviously going to use as a middle because he's mobile. Liam Martin can play edge or middle. I'd assume maybe Sims will get a bit of a break and he'll play there. Critter, I don't expect to play if he stays unless there's an injury. But for them, Collins, middle. Carrigan, middle. But Nenai's the real interesting one for me, how they use him. Uh, do they push someone on the edge? Because Felice is generally an 80-minute player, as is Kate Ball. So I'm more interested to see how they use Nenai. Well, we'll talk about it in our preview, boys. Mm. But there you go. A bit of a look at uh, some early odds for the origin. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. And that wraps us up for another week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Make sure you tune in on Monday. We'll review these four games from the weekend, and then we'll have our in-depth preview for game one of the origin series before it happens Wednesday night in Sydney for the first time in a couple of years. Thank God. We are going to be going through an origin um, after missing out on the grand final and those last year. That was torture. I cannot wait. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, commentating any games this weekend, I think the only one we'll probably have a chance to do is maybe Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Because Sunday will obviously be at footy. Friday will be at footy. Um, you've got your game, we've got our game on Sunday, so I think Saturday's the only option, really, isn't it? Thursday, we've got training. Yeah, so. well, circumstances have changed, so I don't make any apologies for that. No, we're not making any apologies, I'm just letting people know. Yeah, we'll do the best we can. Because we get asked a lot, so if anything happens uh, in terms of commentating, it'll be the Saturday game, which be worries manly, but... Even if that is not the case, make sure you do get on board with hijack.tv, spelled H-Y-J-A-C-K.tv on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. We will be hopefully getting some more games in, but yeah, things obviously now spreading across both grades. Uh, it's going to be a bit more difficult with more of the weekend taken up, but um, the other Origins coming up midweek, I'm sure we'll be able to call an Origin that's not in Sydney. Yeah. That'll be one for people to jump in on, maybe game two. But, yeah, we'll just see how the weekend's pan out from now that uh, things are a bit busy on the draw. But there you go. Everybody, hopefully uh, you enjoy the games this weekend of the short round. Origin is upon us, and we look forward to having you join us again on Monday for our in-depth preview of Origin Game one. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Penrith Soul Centre. Thank you to Hijack and for everybody now. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.